Chapter Fifteen of the Bridge of History over the Gulf of Time by Thomas Cooper. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen: The Arch of Earthquake. What shall we call the fifth century? As I call the tenth century the Arch of Darkness, I would call the fifth century the Arch of Earthquake, for of all the centuries that have elapsed since the Christian era commenced. It was the most signal for invasion, revolution, tribulation, and change. Alaric the Goth scowls upon us at the beginning of the century, but at the end of its first decade has his strange burial in the bed of a river, so that where he lies is not known to this day. Then the more dreadful Attila the Hun glares upon us as he fights the great battle of Chalons-sur-Marne, the very chalons on whose vast camp the retreat of the french army was announced just before that contemptible snuff-out of napoleon the little at sedan to attila unnumbered hosts of goths and visigoths and franks and saxons and burgundians were opposed at chalon in the year four fifty one and they beat him but he rushed down upon italy and spoiled its fair cities next he meant to sack rome had not the aged bishop saint leo persuaded him to accept large treasure and depart but soon after the eternal city as we call it was given up to fourteen days ruinous plunder by conseric and his vandals the western empire is at length broken up in four seventy six and the formation of what we call modern europe begins spain becomes a kingdom under the visigoths part of france owns clovis for king odoacer and theodoric are kings of italy our saxon heptarchy is founded and the Normans enter France. Christianity itself in this century seems as much subject to revolution as the political world. Arianism is at war with orthodoxy, and often for a time tramples it down. Persecution and mutual persecution were rife. The rival sects reveled in slaughter as they happened to be uppermost. The war of words was as prevalent as bodily combat, for it was the age of Augustine and Pelagius, and of Jerome and Cyril and Chrysostom. Still, it is evident from even the stormy literature of the time that pure and undefiled Christianity was not extinct. Where did Christianity come from, we ask again? How came Augustine and Pelagius to be debating about the doctrines Christ taught if he never taught any? How came Jerome and Cyril to be contending for what they believed to be the truths that Christ taught if Christ never lived? Were the eloquent sermons of John, the Golden Mouth, or Chrysostom, founded on texts which Christ never spoke? How came millions of men, amidst all the contention and violence and sweeping change of that fifth century, to be holding fast to these facts, that Jesus of Nazareth had lived on this earth, chosen his apostles, and preached his doctrine, and performed his miracles, and been crucified, and had risen again from the dead? How came all this strong belief into men's minds in that fifth century? Was it all misplaced? Did Jesus never live, preach, die, and live again on this earth? Is what we call the gospel history all founded on an old fable about the sun? Let us again proceed on our march over this bridge of history. Shall we find Christianity in existence on the arch before what we have just called the arch of earthquake? End of chapter 15